Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the State of the Media Market podcast series on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel for a look at developments within the asset class. So we do have a lot of topics we want to catch up on. Joining us for the conversation today, glad to welcome back from GWNK Investment Management, Mike Rebuffo. Mike is principal and is a municipal bond client portfolio manager with the firm. Joining us from the UBS Chief Investment Office, glad to welcome back Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Bond Strategist for the Americas. So with that, Mike, Kathleen, welcome to you both. Kathleen, I'll pass it over to you to lead the conversation with Mike. Uh, Sure, Dan. And um, thanks so much, Mike, for coming back and joining us today for an update on the state of the municipal bond market. And um, as Dan just said, we certainly have a lot of topics to cover. So why don't we get started? Mike, I would say, you know, coming off what was a Pretty good first quarter of 2023 um, for Muni performance, you know, particularly on on the heels of a terrible year in 2022. Um, so my first question for you is, um, what is your outlook for additional rate hikes by, by the Fed and the implication for Muni's in the months ahead? Sure, and thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the time. Uh, uh, first quarter was really strong for Muni's, but um, it was really interesting how it all shook out. I mean, January felt more of a continuation of, of November and December of last year. We started off the year expecting a couple of Fed tightenings, but then, you know, perhaps with pause and they were going to ease off by the end of the year. Munis were helped with really strong fundamentals and less supply, and there's a lot of strong demand because a significant amount of January coupons needed a home for reinvestment. Um, so Munis actually ended January up about 3%. You know, February provided a little bit of a pullback, as we were met with strong economic data, sticker, stickier inflation numbers, um, and many market participants were pricing in a more hawkish Fed, and, and rates were going to be kind of higher for longer. So Munich gave, gave back about 2% in February. And, and then, of course, we also saw an inversion in the muni market for the first time, where the 2s to 10s ended February about negative 36 basis points. Um, and then, of course, we, we, we were met in March with the regional banking crisis, and, and this caused a flight to quality and rates to fall with the two-year Treasury falling about 60 basis points. The muni and, and Treasury curves both steepened in March, but um, they both ended the quarter inverted. And, and, and after all that, you know, the muni market ended, uh, the broad muni index ended the quarter up about 2.8%. Um, we've given a little bit back here in April most recently with U.K. inflation coming in hotter than expected. And rates have picked up a lot in the past week. But, you know, as I sit here this morning, uh, there's about a 90% chance the Fed's going to hike in May. And then there's about a 70% chance they have at least one cut by the end of the year. Um, But needless to say, it's been pretty volatile month to month. We don't usually have these 2 to 3% swings in high-quality munis. Um, Obviously, we still have some questions about what the Fed's going to do, economic numbers we're going to see, inflation, jobs, and uh, again, we still have some lingering questions about the banks. So uh, right now, though, there is going to be at least one cut by the Fed by the end of the year. At least that's what the futures market's pricing in today. Sure, Mike. So it certainly sounds like uh, volatility is here to stay, right? Um, So I guess we have to get used to it. So now let's talk a little bit about the banking crisis. I mean, you know, very recently the FDIC did announce that the failed banks would be liquidating securities, and that includes municipal securities. Um, against that backdrop, do you see that, 
that liquidation could cause some downside pressure on municipal bond prices and perhaps create some buying opportunities for investors with some cash on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, first off, I would probably back up a second and just think about what the banking crisis, you know, could unfold. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of different impacts, um, even on muni credit, right? State and local governments utilize banking institutions for a variety of things, you know, obviously debt underwriting, credit lines, um, trustee services, I mean, even, you know, payroll cash accounts. So the exposure to banks is, is a little bit different from where it was in the financial crisis, and it's... The overall exposure, I would say, is greatly reduced in the past 15 years. Um, but there, there are some impacts. I mean, the, the VRDN market, uh, for example, has seen a ton of volatility with the SIFMA index ranging between 2 to 4% yields week to week. Um, some of that's due to tax time. Um, and obviously, this is not the VRDN market. It's not the same as the auction rate market. Um, VRDNs were about 7% of issuance last year. And most large muni issuers have, you know, some variable rate debt, but they tend to use the, the large global banks for, you know, liquidity providers. Uh, again, I think to your real question about, um, you know, will the banks need to unwind some of their muni book? Do you, you know, how much are they going to have to sell? How quickly? The FDIC just released the, the details at the QCIP level of SVB and Signature Bank. They just did that over the weekend. The list was about $7.4 billion. Mostly were, were longer maturities and lower coupons. Um, this hasn't been sold yet, and, and the whole process is supposed to be, quote-unquote, gradual and orderly. Uh, but that is certainly weighing on the muni market, and yields have picked up, again, also because of you know inflation and some of the pushback in treasuries. Um, but that's certainly weighing on the market, and there's definitely an opportunity if you want to be on the other side of that trade. But I think you want to make sure you know what you're buying, both the, the credit um, – whether it's some of these smaller local geos or, or credits that you may not be familiar with, but also on the structure. And if you're buying these longer maturities that have low coupons, they could be trading at a significant discount. Um, that discount can have some quirky tax ramifications. So I do think there's an opportunity to be on the other side of it um, to pick up some cheap paper, but it really depends on how cheap things are and really what kind of credits and structures you're buying. So, uh, again, I definitely think it could be an opportunity, but... Um, I would definitely be careful and, and know what you own. Yeah, no, that's a good point because um, I think yeah, people are going to be waiting for that. So hopefully, we don't just jump in without um, really analyzing what what type of structure and what type of credit they'd be buying. You know, particularly the point you mentioned about the low coupon bonds. They could these bonds could possibly be um, subject to the market discount uh, rule, exactly. uh, which 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 we know is you know could be very unfavorable from a tax point of view. Um, but anyway, that'll be something exciting to look for in the next couple of weeks. Um, I guess we don't know exactly when it's going to happen, um, but probably like within the next few weeks, I guess. Um, so moving on, let's let's talk about uh, credit fundamentals. Um, you know, that's something that I think we talked about last time that uh, you came in and joined us. So what I'd just like to um, talk about here is, you know, in the face of increasing recessionary risks or an economic slowdown, um, muni credit still appears to remain stable. So, but that said, um, in CIO, we do retain a defensive approach to credit based on, you know, what we're seeing with current credit spreads. They've widened a little bit, but not that much. Um, so against that backdrop, how are you positioning your portfolios with respect to municipal credit quality? Are you staying up in credit quality or are you seeing some value down the rating spectrum? Yeah, I think, you know, continuation from last time, and we do think Muni fundamentals are mostly strong. Default rates will remain low. Um, 
in the you know short term future, most entities I think are in great shape. Even if we do face a recession, um, you know, as an example, if you're just looking at state geos, the Pew Charitable Trust released a report last month showing a record high in the collective balances of U.S. state rainy day funds. So the combined savings for fiscal year 2022 totaled about 100 135 billion, which was up about 10 percent from. 2021 and an actual increase of about 75 percent from 2020. So um, obviously they have a significant amount of cash. That's one of the reasons why supply has actually been down, um, and the rainy day funds have been really built up. And and if there is an economic recession or things do slow down, I mean not all municipalities are going to be impacted the same way. Some are going to face tougher budgetary problems, um, and those rainy day funds you know may have to be tapped. Um, I think that's just a normal process. Um, we have had years of record tax receipts, and those records can't last forever. So you are likely to see budget cuts, too. And, and I think that's just a normal part of a economic cycle. And, and actually, it's probably sound business practices for state and local governments. But, you know, there could be some negative headlines out there or even some selling pressure if, if investors get nervous from, you know, budget cuts and tapping rainy day funds. I think the question really is, you know, how much – yield are you getting today for those risks, right? It's really more about valuation. So looking at like 10-year maturity, triple B spreads are about plus 90, uh, which is cheapened up from where we started last year, about plus 60. But the historical average is around 105. So yeah, I think some names are trading tight. Our portfolios are definitely, you know, have a higher quality tilt versus the benchmark. But there may be some opportunities in single A's or even some select triple B names if you can buy it at the right level and you're comfortable with the issuer, um, again, going back to what I just mentioned, make sure you do your homework on the credit. And, and, and more importantly, as things do slow down, you want to make sure you can monitor the credit in the month ahead. But I think the bigger question is more about valuation and what you're getting paid for. Um, and that's where certainly for us, spreads are relatively tight, and that's why we have a higher quality bias. And I would agree with kind of a more defensive approach that, uh, that you guys are recommending. Right, Mike, yes. You know, starting to get a little tempting because the spreads are getting wider, but, you know, I agree with you, they're not wide enough <laughs> to take on the, the extra risk. Um, so let's move on to the yield curve. Um, you know, I'm sure you're um, getting the same thing that we're getting, questions from clients. You know, many of our clients continue to place assets into short-dated U.S. T-bills, you know, given the inverted yield curve and that unusual yield advantage that's available. So against that backdrop, how are you positioning your muni portfolios across the yield curve? Yeah, it's it's fine. It seems like in most of our conversations, all advisors and clients are buying short treasuries to some extent. <laughs> yep. And you know, that makes natural sense given the you know, the treasury curves inverted, even the muni curves inverted and, and short munis probably even aren't as attractive to short treasuries as they've been, even if you adjust the taxes. So I guess buying short instruments can be really tempting. Um, but that's really more of a cash management tool. I think for your overall asset allocation to protect all your other risky assets, I think you still need to have a, a, a traditional fixed income allocation. And, and you, even with an inverted curve, you want some duration, I think. And that's certainly, you know, that's our job at, at GWK. I mean, we're not, I'm not trying to compete with short T-bills. And obviously, if the, the Fed pivots and starts cutting rates, you're, you're going to see the yield on those T-bills come down, and you're not going to get that you know, a lot of price appreciation either in a six-month T-bill. So I think you need to protect yourself from that reinvestment of yields declining, and, and we would advocate to have some duration, you know, within your overall portfolio. I mean, we're seeing really more value in the 10 to 15 parts of the curve 
Um, again, Muni's twos to tens is still inverted, but there's a little bit more steepness and slope. Um, the 10 to 15 year spread is about plus 60, which is steeper than its historical average. And, and there's even greater expected returns from bond rolls. So, um, you know, in some deals we're, we're, we're even going a little bit more aggressive into like 17, 18 years, uh, depending on the deal. But, um, we're not trying to be super aggressive either. I mean, we're still going to have a diversified portfolio. Um, as we were just talking with all the volatility this year, it's really difficult to predict rates and where things are going to end up. But I can understand why people are buying short T-bills, but I also think you need to diversify with some duration in a high-quality mini portfolio. And I think the 10 to 15s, that's relatively cheap for comparing it to Treasury yields. It's also there's some steeper slope and I think some better value in that part of the mini curve. Sure, sure. That's 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 a really good point to uh, to mention. Um, yeah. Next up, like away from the um, Fed rate hikes that we talked about, as well as the anticipated bank liquidation of munis, um, perhaps some increasing risks of an economic uh, recession in the months ahead. Are there any other risk considerations that you think that muni investors should be mindful that could impact performance? Yeah, I think that's. Um you know, as I was just saying, the, the, there's always a need to have some diversification, and that's why I think we would advocate for some duration of, of just what be, what ifs, what could happen, what what if things slow down. Um, obviously, I don't know what I don't know. Um, you know, I think coming into this March and April, people are expecting, you know, some challenging time in the muni market because of the, the seasonal weakness of tax time. Well, we didn't really see that, right? And the banking crisis caused a, a huge flight to quality and um you know, rates rallied and, and bonds posted a you know pretty significant positive return. Um, I guess in hindsight, you could have argued capital gains taxes weren't weren't going to be significant this year because of all the negative returns across the capital markets last year. But um, I don't think many people predicted the banking crisis, um, and and nor you know as I sit here today, I don't know if it's completely behind us. So um, again, I think for us as bond investors. You know, and going back to the other question, my, my real concern is that things get weaker. There could be there could be other negative surprises, and rates could continue to decline, and and perhaps the ten-year Treasury is more probable falling to three percent before it gets back to four percent. And, and again, that's why I think we want to maintain some some duration in this environment. But there's been a lot of volatility in fixed income this year, and and um, and again, I think the key really is you know to have some duration just to protect you from perhaps some negative news. But you really got to want to maintain some flexibility. Moving forward, because there's just been a there's been a lot of things uh, weighing on the markets, both you know the stock and the bond market this year. Yeah, those those are all good points. A lot of lot of uncertainties uh, this year for sure, right? Um, so you know, put, putting uh, all of this together, we we talked about the rebound in muni performance in the first quarter of 2023, expectations for volatility to continue in the weeks ahead. We also talked about the importance of reducing reinvestment risk, even though staying on the front end of the curve is very, very you know tempting. Um, we do think it makes sense to to take on some duration and diversification in your municipal bond portfolios. Do you have any final thoughts or takeaways for muni investors, you know, particularly because tax time is now done and over with and people could try, try to focus on, you know, how to reduce taxes for next year? Right, right. I mean, I guess starting off with the negatives, you have an inverted curve, which makes things challenging, right, to pick and choose which maturities. You have muni to treasury ratios that are relatively rich, um, you know, and, and you could see credit deterioration in some areas of the country if things slow down and 
Um, obviously, we still have a lot of unknowns um, relative to kind of Fed policy. But on the positive, um, you know, issuance is likely to be muted. It's off about 27% in the first quarter. Um, I think that's likely to be the case given how much rates are still, you know, still so much higher from where we were last year and the year before. Um, fund flows have stabilized, right? I mean, the, we had a record-breaking year of outflows in 2022. Um, that seems to be stabilized so far. Um, credit fundamentals are, are solid for, for most issuers. And then, as I mentioned, you know, the back end of the meeting curve is attractive and kind of steeper. Um, right. And then just more, you know, from a macro perspective, the long-term demographics remain strong for, for munis, right? The tax advantage of munis is still very attractive. Um, overall, it's been a very volatile year, but I think munis are in good shape. The taxable equivalent yields of munis is attractive. You know, if you think about our returns so far year to date, you still got another, you know, seven months, eight months worth of income. Um, and you could be looking at, you know, close to five, six percent return in uni. So overall, I think unis are in good shape. Uh, there's still a lot of unknowns. Um, but overall, I think the asset class is in pretty good shape. Thanks so much, Mike, for that. Um, leaving us with the important point that munis are providing some pretty attractive income opportunities, particularly on the, on the long end of the curve for our high net worth investors. As always, we greatly appreciate your insights on the municipal bond market. Again, that's Mike Labuffo. He is a principal and municipal bond client portfolio manager with GWNK Investment Management. I would now like to turn it back to Dan Cassidy in the studio. Thank you. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliates. The views and opinions expressed in this material by external guest speakers are those of the author, speaker, and are not those of UBS, its subsidiaries, or affiliates. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over the content of this material or any claims, losses, or damages arising from the use or reliance of all or any part thereof. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient, and is published for informational purposes only. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.